welcome to EHS on Tap. I'm your host, Jay Kumar, Editor-in-Chief of EHS Daily Advisor. This week, I talked to L. Dean Posniak, Director of Posniak Safety Associates, about how to infuse safety into your organizational culture. This conversation was recorded live last week as part of the EHS Now Virtual Summit. And now, on to the interview. Hello, everyone. My name is Jay Kumar, Editor-in-Chief of EHS Daily Advisor. Welcome back to the virtual EHS Now Summit. Thanks for joining us for our second EHS on Tap live session. This is a live recording of the EHS on Tap podcast. You can find new episodes every Tuesday wherever you get podcasts, and you can find more information about the show and listen on demand episodes at ehsdailyadvisor.blr.com. Before we kick off, I'd like to let you know you can find all of our housekeeping items in the resource widget as well. We'd recommend opening that up and familiarizing yourself with the session platform. And I'd also like to thank our sponsors for this event, Aveta, Intellex, KPA, and SAI 360. And now please join me in welcoming our guest to the podcast, Eldine Posniak, Director of Posniak Associates. Welcome, Eldine. Thanks, Jay. I appreciate um, being involved in this uh, wonderful event. Excellent. Well, before we get started, I wanted to talk to you about safety culture, but first I'd like you to uh, tell me a little bit about yourself and what you do. Sure. Um, I do safety. <laughs> um, basically, <laughs> Yeah, um, I, I'm a management consultant who specializes in occupational health and safety. I've uh, run an international management consulting firm for over 25 years. Um, it'll probably not be more than 25 because I'll never be older than 39. So you know, I try <laughs> to keep it down there. Um, but I've been around the safety block a really, really long time. And I do everything from strategic planning to auditing to um helping people develop, implement, maintain, continuously improve their safety management uh, systems. So that's kind of me in a nutshell. I've worked in 32 different countries around the world. Um, yeah, good old, good, good old Saskatchewan farm girl, right? So probably there you Canadian. go. Yeah, that's kind of like me in a I'm nutshell. Al- I am also Canadian, so yeah. born in uh, Toronto. So. Oh, okay, well. Other side of the Canadian planet, but you know it's okay. Yes. We get along. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, let's talk about safety culture. Um, where do organizations typically make mistakes when it comes to building a safety culture? Well, I think the first one is saying safety culture versus organizational culture. I think mm-hmm. that's the first mistake people make, is that culture's culture, right? Um, yeah. And and really, when you think about it, it's that way of life that a group of people. When I, when I think about that group of people, their behaviors, their beliefs, their values, their symbols, their rituals, their heroes, that they accept usually without even thinking about them, that are passed along by communication and imitation, maybe even some intimidation from one generation to the next. And so that's culture. That's how we say we identify as Canadians versus South Americans versus Australians or how we look at within our organization. So I think when people try to parcel out safety culture from the overall organizational culture, they're doing themselves a disservice because really culture's culture and how Mm -hmm. they're going to work within their systems, um, do or not do, is, you know, do we call it production culture? You know, do we call it safety culture? Do we call it operation culture? I, I think that's the first thing. And, and then I think the second is when people don't pay attention to systems. 
So if we want to continue to see safety separate from production or operations, then we use terms like safety culture versus organizational culture. Uh, we have a system that we run our operations through, and then we have a system that we do safety, and they're separate. Because that's, that's what I often see, is we use different programs, different approaches. Um, so, you know, it, it, to me, looking at our system is just as important, if maybe not more important, than even looking at the behaviors of, of the individuals within the workplace that make up that culture, right? So if, if we only make behaviors a sole focus of this culture aspect, right, then companies trying to integrate it into a system and align their operations and safety together, um, th they, can, they can miss the mark. So if we want safe, integrated, sustainable business, we have to make sure we look at the overall culture that has safety a part of it and the overall systems in place to make sure safety is a part of that. And if we don't have good systems to run the organization, then we, um, as my uh, EMBA professor, um, Dr. Latham likes to say, um, we have uh, amazing people doing cool stuff, but as soon as they leave the organization, then it falls, mm -hmm. right? And, and we often see that with culture, is we've got a great champion, woohoo, this is wonderful, and then as soon as they leave, it starts to die out or backslide. Um, and I, I guess it's part of it is just sort of not looking big picture enough when you're talking about culture. You're, you know, maybe it's isolating it to just safety when really it should be, like you said, ingrained in everything. Right. Yeah. And I even look at like HR versus safety, right? We all have mm -hmm. safety professionals. We have a little um, gray area with HR professionals. Well, you'll have a HR professionals uh, do a engagement survey or a organizational culture survey or a people mm -hmm. focused survey and they might throw a question about safety in there and then we conduct a safety perception survey so again how how is that separating the organization we we actually you know put things in place where people see us as separate so then why wouldn't the organization or the whole over culture say, oh yeah, that's separate. That's not, you know, how we do business is how we do business. Mm -hmm. And it should be integrated into everything. Yeah. So what's the yeah. best way to, to assess the effectiveness of your culture? Um, okay, surveys, <laughs> as mm -hmm. I just talked about. But, um, and and if, if we don't have a, um, an overall organizational survey where we te test the temperature or see what people think about the organization, then doing a separate safety perception survey is, is just fine. Um, so I guess I, I look at if our safety management system is built upon a combination of structure, that's the system components, the policies, the procedures, um, how, who does what, when, and where, kind of outlined in the document. And culture, which is how people do the work when no one else is watching and when people are watching. If we measure the structure or the system, we do an audit or a review mm -hmm. or a gap analysis. Well, if we want to measure the safety or the culture side of it all, organizational culture, um, and some specifically safety-related components, well, then we often do, again, surveys. Um, and, and I think inspections are important to go with that as well. 
as well as a bit of a document review. So in one way, you're kind of auditing it too, right? If we're looking at yeah, the 19,000 yeah. ISO, you have to have those three components. But if our documents don't have our values in it and our mission integrated through it all and safety being a part of that, well, then it's not supportive of the culture. We want to ask people certain questions about trust and about heroes and about symbols and rituals and values because we want to know what they're going to say because if it comes easily to them and they say this is how we do it and it all matches up, yay, you know, then we're on the right direction. Um, and then we want to watch people because we know that sometimes we talk the talk and we don't walk the walk on a variety of levels. So um, having safety perception surveys if the organization doesn't have an overall, but I've been really encouraging them to do uh, overall operations or, you know, um, a people-focused survey. So it really tells them how they they feel around the whole organization. And, and I, I think I grew in that because when I first started doing just safety perception surveys, sometimes leadership and even workers would say, why are you asking that question? That's an operations question. That's a production question. Why are you asking those? And I'm like, well, because that'll tell me what you're willing to do or not willing to do in any given circumstance when it comes to some of those choices. So yeah, I want to know if your maintenance is has a backlog or not. I want to know if, right, because that tells me if we're setting a trap for people in the culture. We can't say have a great safety culture and then have all these traps with uncontrolled hazards around the work environment because only then behavior gets you so far. Uh, culture only gets you so far um, if we have these traps set up. Yeah, so once you once you do that evaluation, whether it's through surveys or other methods, um, how do you sort of, I guess, what, what are the next steps in terms of taking the results and in creating change? Yeah. Um, again, uh, organizational culture to me is a, a true investment, right? Because it uh, and safety needs to be one of those pillars of of the the company's values, you know, rather than an after thought or a, a sideline or, you know, now that we're done safety, we do the work kind of aspect. So mm -hmm. when, once you find out kind of where you're at, or, um, and I guess too, when you're designing the uh, survey, you want to make sure that, you know, you're asking some of the right questions. Um, and then once you do that, you want to engage. It, to me, the, the, the road to successful organizational culture um, aspects is is really to look at does the organization have shared values? Is there contribution and engagement on all levels of the organization? Is information around operations and safety fairly transparent? Um, are, are, is everyone supported to succeed and that the barriers that are there taken away? And are we focusing on proactive and um, opportunities for learning rather than reactive and kind of blame solutions. So if you find some of the answers that you, um, through the survey that shows opportunities for improvement, um, then you want to engage people. You want to engage mm -hmm. all levels of management, right, from the CEO to line uh, supervisors, because anyone who's in a management or a leadership role uh, needs to be educated and passionate about safety, about people. And um, so you want to let them know, you know, what the results were, um, how they can be interpreted, 
And if there's some things that they liked in there, how do they maintain it or grow it? If there's some things they didn't like, how do you change that? Mm -hmm. um, so I think it's important that they know. And I also think that it's important that we have engagement from the grassroots as well, right? There, there's a debate in culture, organizational culture, which is more sustainable or which is uh, the best way to approach it? Is it top-down, leadership-driven approach or right. is it grassroots, bottom-up approach? I say it depends. <laughs> it depends mm -hmm. on the organization. It depends on how they run their business. It depends on how they're organized. Because if they're more a, a hierarchical business that's, say, based out of Europe, right, then I know mm -hmm. that a top-down driven approach with engagement from the workers is probably going to be the best way. If we're more of a North American flatline bureaucratic um, I can talk to anybody in the organization, then probably having a grassroots um, uh, focus and, and facilitating that a little bit more is probably going to be a little more successful. So you have to look at context. I, I think that's where we forget a lot about culture. We slap on a canned, this is what you do, and yeah. we don't consider the context of the organization and the people within it to know how to grow. Right. So engagement. Um, and so sometimes I'll take a look at safety committees if they have or what's in their training, um, you know, what kind of resources are in place and start to say, OK, how do we maintain what you like and how do we uh, close the gap on the things that you don't? Right. That's basically. But engagement mm -hmm. um, is is one of the, the best ways to do that. Yeah. Um, how about uh, in terms of generational differences within the workforce, uh, are there different ways to kind of approach building a culture? Uh, you know, if you've got more older workers or if you've got more younger workers who have that, you know, totally different kind of mindset when it comes to safety, uh, do, you, do you kind of approach them differently? Um, you know, I, I do. Again, it's all in context. So whether mm -hmm. it's generational factors, um, whether it is multicultural factors because we have workplaces that not only have now what four or five generations in the workplace um, but we have people from all over the world in our work mm. environments right immigration is huge globalization is huge um, we also have context when it comes to levels of um, literacy levels of right so we have to look at the whole big context um, and i think generational issues is one of those things within the context and that brings me then to a couple things, is that, you know, we, we see all the, the research on, you know, if you're a baby boomer, you think this way. If you're a generation Xer, you think this way. If you are, and you have to take that into consideration when you're talking with the different groups of, of people um, and what they're willing to tolerate or not willing to tolerate. Uh, I definitely see that the younger generations are willing to tolerate less. Right, yeah. um, And we see that when we look at psychologically uh, healthy work environments, mental health and, and stress claims. Um, you know, what uh, you used to be able to say to me, a supervisor could say to me because I'm <clears throat> over that, I'm around that 39, um, versus <laughs> what they may say to a, yeah, to a younger person just coming into the workplace. Um, you know, I wouldn't take a stress day for it. They might. Right. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, again, there's a greater demand from the, the youth to have things certain ways. 
um, than I think was uh, in some of the older groups um, that I've seen. But again, it's that importance of context. And I guess yeah. the other thing that makes me that makes me think of this is management of change. I don't care how old you are or what country you come from. If you don't want to change, if you have zero intent to change, and the organization puts in a new initiative, I have to sell it different than if I have a group that is wanting the change and are interested in it, right? And I think mm-hmm. as safety professionals, we at times don't assess the organizational, individual, and groups um, where they are when it comes to change. Are they at zero intent? I don't think I want to do this, or I don't see a reason to, versus, um, yeah, I'm all on board, and this is exciting, and I'll, and I'll run the race with you. Um, my dad had a great saying, and, and, and you might have heard it too, coming from Canada, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. Yeah, and yeah, and with safety, it's sometimes hard to get people to to drink the safety Kool Aid. Um, oh, that's a generational joke. It goes back to <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyways, okay, I won't explain it, but just look it up. <laughs> if you don't get it. <laughs> um, but um, you can't force people to get into a good safety culture, into a good organizational culture. You can't force people there. Um, if you do, well, you can, but they're not going to stay there for long. And it's not going to last a long time. So you want people to go on their own volition. And so our job as safety professionals is to, um, I don't know, feed, feed the horse the salt block, make them thirsty, and then make sure the water's (laughs) there. So how we sell it to people who have zero intent, um, to, to, they're passionate about it to whether they're a younger or older generation, if they come from Canada or they come from Brazil or or the Philippines, we have to take a look at that whole big context with human factors involved and and plan and message map. We can't just go, we're going to change the culture tomorrow and we're going to do a quick survey and trust is an issue. And so we're going to all hold hands and sing Kumbaya. And you you get a t-shirt if you do it. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, it it it's huge. It's it's resource rich. It is time consuming. But if you spend that investment up front, you're going to get so much farther along than if you just throw a few things at it because the company down the block is doing some of these initiatives and they right. got this big barbecue that happens and oh look, aren't they great? And we don't really <laughs> look at our own organization. And I imagine that it's really important. I mean, you know, you mentioned that it depends on the company, but you, you do want to have leadership on board with what you're doing. I mean, you know, so I imagine, you know, if there's leadership in some companies may not feel this is necessary uh, to, to, you know, engage in, you know, this kind of uh, an effort. So how do you kind of get them on board? Yeah. So I- Again, it's looking at organizational culture. They'll do things um, quite quickly to increase production, to mm-hmm. uh, you know, to improve their organization's effectiveness and, and efficiencies. So that's why I think we do ourselves a great disservice when we separate safety culture from from their overall organizational culture, because they see it then as an expense, not so much as right. an investment. So if we can tie it to the 
overall organization, that's what we have to do. And that means then we have to say, you know, are you happy with the way it's running? Um, because again, if they mm -hmm. have zero intent to change, they think it's just fine. I got a certain profit margin. It's going good. Don't, you know, don't ruffle the feathers. Well, now we have to show them or make them uncomfortable with how it is so that we can get them motivated to say, hmm, maybe we should be doing something different. Show me what the options are. Right, because right. the only time we move, whether again we're frontline worker or senior leadership, the only time we'll change something is when we look at it and we feel slightly uncomfortable, and then we go, hmm, maybe we should do something different or better, or you know, or um, so. So it's really important as safety professionals to know what are the definitions of the senior leaders. Um, are they happy with how the organization is running? Where do they see the issues being? Because if we can get safety wrapped up in that and um, and make it just how we do the work, I, I think you know then we can move them forward. Um, but unfortunately, there's some people who just don't get it, and yeah. and I don't know if they ever will. Um, unless something personally happens to them or someone very close to them. They, they need that big traumatic event. And then even then, sometimes they don't change. Um, I remember watching a video out of uh, Eastern Canada about a tragedy, and it was the owner of the company who was talking. And, like, it, it was basically, well, you know, poop happens, and you just can't do that. And so how can you blame anyone but the guy who was hurt? And, like, it was – I looked at it and went, oh, right, my gosh, right. you know, he'll never change. Because um, he was, you know, uh, in later years, and, and, yes, he was visibly upset that someone was killed in his workplace, but, you know, he just – so there's times when I've just kind of gone, huh, <laughs> and yeah. then I try it again the next day, right? Like, because, you know, you hope – but I, I, I don't then just spend my time on that individual. There's more people in the organization. And sometimes when you can get that momentum going from other people, they drag that other person along. Or mm. they realize they don't fit anymore in the culture. And then they realize square pig round hole and they might move on. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. So it's, it's knowing where to put your time and your effort into which people, how to sell it to them. Um, and really, that's that's what we do as safety professionals. We're we're uh, marketers in many ways, right? We're convincing someone to buy yeah. a product so they can be a certain way. Are you seeing those attitudes changing uh, as you know as we sort of you know progress into you know the the twenty twenties? I mean, are are you know are is that kind of a, an attitude uh, outdated at this point? I. I am seeing a lot more on the rah-rah um, safety, rah-rah culture side. Um, again, again I, I've been in this business for over 30 years. Again, started when I was nine, um, 30 years. And, <laughs> I, and I, I'm excited to see where some organizations have gone. They have gone to be leading organizations. They care about their people. They do so well. They, they are continuous improvement system-based, people-based organizations, and I celebrate that. I think that sometimes, though, I sit back and go, I'm tired, and I haven't seen the movement I thought I would see in 30 years, you know, with hmm. globalization and technology, and I still see a lot of organizational culture where it's production versus safety. 
Um, and, and I would love to see it as integrated, um, safe production, right? Because um, even mm-hmm. organizations that continue to say safety first, we all know, uh, unfortunately, it, um, you know, that that's a bit of BS. And I don't mean being safe. I mean that, you know, it has to be integrated. Workers know that safety first sometimes can be a bit of a fib. And and that undermines the culture. It's much better to say we're going to do this integrated. It's a it's safeties are one of our base values, and we're going to make sure that we make decisions with that considered, right? Um, so I I think it's all on how we again kind of communicate it and and how we define it um, and take it forward. I, I I wish it was. I'd love to say I wish it was a, a lot farther along. Yeah. Um, I, I will not run out of work. Let's put it that way. And I don't think the next <laughs> yeah. generation of safety people will run out of work. <laughs> yeah. Um, so if you're, you know, if you're a, a, a company that's been doing this kind of culture work, uh, but maybe you're not seeing the results you'd like, what, what's the best way to kind of fine tune your efforts? Um, again, doing some um, evaluation. Uh, and sometimes you can do that internally or you can have, you know, external uh, someone come in. Um, sometimes when it comes to our own organizations, you can't see the forest for the trees, right? You're already kind mm. of biased and, and not totally objective when you take a look at things. So, um, you know, I've found that organizations that are, you know, doing quite well, you know, they still have a couple little hiccups or blips along the way and they're just wondering how to fine tune things or, uh, put another little bit of a spin on it um, mm-hmm. is is having you know a different set of eyes come in and take a look at it or asking some different questions than you did before um, will help them see um, where there might be a few little gaps or what could improve to the next level. Uh, again, engagement. Most of the time, people already have the answers. They just need to be facilitated to come up with those answers. Um, and and so uh, having different focus groups within the organization and say, you know, what can we do? Um, just worked with uh, an organization not too long ago in in uh, Medicine Hat Canada that they, they had done that. Actually, they brought their whole workforce in for a workshop day wow. um, on uh, after their, their last safety perception survey um, and said, here was a couple things that we found, you know, like th- that we think needs to improve. How do you think that we need to improve mm. it? And and had a facilitated workshop on, you know, what were some ideas to kind of move move forward. And again, when people have a say in where it needs to go, now they also recognize having an outside facilitator was probably a good idea because, again, you only know what you know. And and having someone come in or having conversations with people from other organizations can spur you on to different ideas of what might work or um, yeah. what could be a new initiative or program. And, and I suppose um, that resonates more if you've got, you know, a different voice, if it's not just the same person who's always telling you, you know, what you need to do, if it's somebody else right. kind of, you know, provides that viewpoint that might yeah. that might sink in more. Yeah. I call it the profit from the from another town is um, when I when I was a, a safety 
person at a specific company, I was probably trying to sell this one initiative and program for about two years. And people would go, yeah, that's nice, LD. Yeah, excellent. <laughs> and they brought a, a consultant in, and it was a management consultant, and they basically came said the same program initiative as I did. Um, <laughs> and, and, and senior leadership was, what a great idea. We should do yeah. this. And I was yeah. like, what? Have you been... You really don't listen to me, right? It, it, I wanted to put that, that circle on the wall that says bang head here, right? So, so I realized, do I have to be the one that, that, that brings the message? No. I try to find out who are they listening to? Um, who will they listen to? So there's been times where I've hired consultants saying, I, I, I'm going to let you do this on your own. I'm hoping you're going to come up with a couple ideas that I also think of. Um, I want to talk to you with this because I need your help selling a couple things, if you agree with me. And you know what? If that's what it took was them to pay someone, you know, <laughs> twice my weight right. to come in and to say <laughs> it, if if that got it done, hey, right? Um, I often take a look at the books that are on, you know, supervisors or managers or the CEO's desk. You know, what yeah. What are they reading? What podcast are they listening to, right? So people think I'm making small talk when I'm like, oh, yeah, what podcast do you like? Um, what I'm really finding out is, like, who's got your attention right now, right? Is, is it right. Oprah? Yeah. Is it uh, Tony Robbins? <laughs> is it, you know, um, you know Robert Calendini? Who Who is it? Because then mm -hmm. I can look them up and say, oh, this is maybe how I could talk about this topic. Um, and get them on on board with it. Um, and I guess you know, in the big picture, as we're talking about you know culture, organizational culture, as opposed to just you know just safety culture. Um, if you feel we're headed in the right direction, even if it's not going as quickly as you'd like. You know, I I I totally am. I, I believe that we are definitely um, having larger conversations around it. Um, that people are seeing safety um, as well as overall uh, organizational culture as an investment. I see much more engagement that's there. Um, I, I, <laughs> there's been a lot of talk about the, the new view, right, or safety 2.0 or HOP, you know, right, the human mm -hmm. organizational performance. When I look at those philosophies, I, I kind of go, oh, excellent. It's been how I've been practicing for the last 30 years, right? It's yeah. continuous improvement and, you know, not focusing on blame, but being, um, you know, more of a, a learning organization. My background's in psychology. So, you know, I'm always looking at how we can use those social sciences to, you know, play with the human mind to get them to go in one direction versus another. Um, mm -hmm. Someone has put a really nice name to it. Right, which is great because yeah. sometimes we need to sell the same the catchy thing acronym. Yeah, catchy acronym, <laughs> or you yeah. know, when do we buy the new bottle of Febreze when it has like the cool Christmas logo on it? It's Christmas time, <laughs> yeah. right? Like so, so whatever, right? I know that we again, it's all a part of how how we sell. So I think now that we're talking so much more about human factors and organizational performance overall, and we're having larger conversations around that. Um, I, I think that we have a lot of hope, right? Um, organizations are trying to implement systems since Deming's Plan, Do, Check, Act, saying that, you know, we can't just have a bunch of uh, amazing people doing cool things, and then when they leave for another organization or retire, 
that we go into a slump. We have to build better systems and continuously improve them um, to to be able to do everything that we want uh, we want to do. Um, and so, yeah, I, I'm seeing much more interest, much more commitment, much more willing to have the conversation. And I think a lot of that comes down to again globalization and 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 communication. Is people don't want to have a bad reputation. It looks bad for them yeah. if they do something bad with safety. Um, I, I I think people are more caring. Is that they don't want to hurt their people or don't want to hurt people um, to get the work done. Um, so. Uh, you know, so I, and you know, never mind legal responsibilities and you know social sustainability mm-hmm. and all those kinds of things. I think all the traditional reasons of why we were trying to sell safety um, in the past, I, I think, are still valid today. And I think people are listening to them more than maybe they ever have before. Well, I like that. Uh, now, ending on a helpful note, uh, Eldine, thank you so much for uh, for joining me today. Um, and I'd like to, as I mentioned, thank Aldine Pozniak for being here with us today. I'd like to thank our audience for joining us. Uh, thanks again to our sponsors, Aveta, Intellects, KPA, and SAI360. And we look forward to seeing you at our next EHS Now Summit. Have a great day. That wraps up episode 149 of EHS on Tap. You can find more information about the show and listen to on-demand episodes at ehsdailyadvisor.blr.com. You can subscribe to the show wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for listening, and I hope you join me next time. Thank you.